Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad you're listening to our podcast. The sermon this morning comes from uh, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. It's about the healing of blind Bartimaeus. And the question that uh, is the all-important question is, then what? Enjoy. I invite you to turn with me this morning to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. In chapter 10, we'll be reading verses 46 through 52. It's a passage that I made reference to briefly last week during the sermon. It's a passage that has been uh, I've kind of been living with throughout the week. If you're thinking, wait a minute, was I here last week? Did I hear that message? Check out the podcast. The Word of Christ from the Gospel of Mark. The disciples came to Jericho. As he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. Throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for giving it to us. We thank you for allowing us to gather as your people this morning and hear from you. To read your word together to sing songs of praises together, to encourage one another and pray for one another, to lift each other up. And Lord, we pray most especially this morning as we gather to worship you, that you would lift us up by your word. Give us ears to hear what you would like to say to us this morning. Give us eyes to see where you are leading us this morning. And we pray that you would give us hearts that are ready, that are ready to trust you and follow you. And we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. We don't know much about him, but we know his name, which is a bit different than some of the other miracles that Jesus performed. This man we know his name. Bartimaeus. 
the son of Timaeus. And we know that he had a need, a desperate need. He was blind and a beggar. How about you? Have you ever had a need that was bigger than you? A need that you knew you couldn't do anything to meet? A need that seemed impossible? A need that perhaps all of the experts had said was impossible? Have you ever had or found yourself in a situation where you feel helpless and hopeless. Knowing that unless God intervenes, I'm in trouble. Perhaps you have a need that seems bigger than you now. Maybe there's a need in your life that you just can't meet. The situation that seems so much bigger than you, so much more powerful than you, and it seems impossible to get through it without God stepping in and doing something. And the question is, how desperate are you? Because blind Bartimaeus was desperate. He knew that there was nothing he could do about his blindness. Perhaps he had already seen all of the experts and they had told him, it's just hopeless. You're blind. That is your lot in life. Better start begging. But in the midst of Bartimaeus' desperation and despair, in the midst of his helplessness and probably hopelessness, along came Jesus. Please forgive the ambiguity, but just when you think things can't get any worse, Jesus shows up. That can be taken one of two ways. Whether we see it as an intrusion on our lives or not, His arrival is always for our good. Because when Jesus shows up, things can happen. When Jesus crosses our paths, possibilities begin to emerge. And you can hear it in Bartimaeus' voice. That spark of hope, that spark of possibility, that spark of what if, that spark of maybe, perhaps, if only. And so he cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't even specify yet what his need is. He doesn't even address the impossibilities of his situation. He simply cries out, have mercy on me. And you can hear the disciples, you can hear the crowd that is gathered together. Shut up, man. Quiet down. We got things going on here. Do you know who you're talking to? 
He doesn't have time for you. We got things to do, people to see, places to go. But the man won't quit. The text tells us he gets all the more encouraged, all the louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. It's interesting, Bartimaeus in saying that phrase, son of David, in referring to Jesus as son of David, he recognizes this is our rightful king. This is someone who can do something. This Jesus of Nazareth about whom I've been hearing, this is Israel's king. This is the one for whom we've waited. And this is the one for whom I've waited throughout my whole impossible condition. This is the one for whom I've waited in despair. Son of David, have mercy on me. He knows his need. And he's crazy enough to think that Jesus can and might possibly even do something about it. We call him blind Bartimaeus. Everybody's telling him to shut up, to keep quiet. But this is a wise man. A wise man who recognizes his need and recognizes where that need might be met. And it might be met in Jesus, son of David. You know, I love how Bartimaeus finds his way into the gospel narrative. He, fit, he fits right into the story at a very peculiar spot. Jesus and his disciples are heading to Jerusalem one final time. And all along the way, ever since Caesarea Philippi, where Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Ever since that moment, Jesus had been telling them, yes, I am the Christ, and the Christ has come to die. We are headed straight toward Jerusalem. And I will be taken into custody, and I will be beaten, I will be spit upon, I will be mocked, I will be flogged, and I will be crucified, and I will die and be buried. And the third day, I'll rise again. He's been telling them all along, all along the, the, the journey, all along the road, this is what he's been telling them. And at the beginning of chapter 10, we're told that he's telling them yet again, and they just don't get it. They just don't get it, but he just keeps telling them. And how often are we in our lives like that? It's easy for us to look at Israel and the Old Testament and say, what was wrong with those people? grumbling right after they've crossed over the Red Sea on dry ground. Where's the food? We sometimes might ask that at church. Where's the food? We, we look at the disciples and, and, and at their stupidity and we say, what was wrong with those knuckleheads? But how often are we in our own lives often just like that? We just don't get it. Things just aren't connecting. Things just aren't getting down into the brain 
And they're definitely not getting down into the heart. And so in the midst of this conversation, Jesus telling them, look, we're going to Jerusalem. You know it's hostile there. And they're going to kill me. You're going to see them arrest me. James and John kind of jog up ahead of everyone else trying to keep everyone behind them. They come alongside Jesus. Hey, Jesus, we got a favor to ask. But please, promise to, to give us whatever it is we're going to ask. And Jesus says, what is it, boys? We want to sit at your right and at your left when you come into your glory. When you're seated in glory, we want to have the places of honor. And it's a very interesting conversation that Jesus has with James and John. He says, oh, you think you can drink from the cup that I'm going to drink, boys? Oh, yes, yes. All the while forgetting that He's talking about death. All the while not noticing and not recognizing that all throughout the Gospels, when Jesus refers to His glory, more likely than not, He is referring to the cross. Because it is on the cross that the glory of God is seen most clearly. The glory of a God who is willing to die for His people. You think you can drink from that cup? Oh yes, sir. We can handle it. He tells him, you will. You will. But whether you're at my right or my left in glory, that's not for me to decide. You see, they just don't understand that the glory of God is the cross of Jesus. And just then, just on the heels of that really weird, awkward conversation that Jesus is having with James and John and the disciples, like, what in the world are they asking? Here comes blind Bartimaeus interrupting the journey. They make it to Jericho, and as they're passing through the city, there's this obnoxious blind beggar crying out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what happens? We read what happens. After the crowd tells him to be quiet, he keeps persisting, and Jesus finally says, hey, call him. I want to have a conversation with him. Oh, oh, hey, Bartimaeus, he's, he's looking for you. The Master wants to see you. And Jesus asks him very simply, what is it that you want? What is it that you're seeking? What is it that you're wanting to ask me? What's the door upon which you are knocking and pounding and asking? I want to see. I want you to meet my need. I want you to do for me what I can't do for myself. I want you to take my impossibility and show your power in it. I want you to have mercy on me. It's as if Bartimaeus 
knows this is the one who said, I will make streams through the deserts. I will make a pathway through the sea. You can forget about everything that is behind you because I am doing a new thing. Don't you recognize why I've come? I love that the prophet says, call those who don't have eyes and yet can see. Because blind Bartimaeus, if anybody does, fits that description. He doesn't have eyes. He's blind as a bat. He's a beggar living out on the street. He's someone who's in an impossible situation. He's someone who is completely desperate, and yet he can see better than James and John can. He can see better than Jesus' disciples can. He can see that Jesus is the only one who's able to meet that need. And so Jesus tells him very simply, it's, it's beautiful what Jesus tells him. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. But then what? Because that's really the all-important question. Then what? And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Son of David, have mercy on me. What would you like? I would like to see. Go your way, your faith has made you well. And when his sight returns, his decision, the way, his way of going becomes not that direction, not that other direction, not back home, not where the party is. His way is to go where Jesus leads. His way is to follow Jesus. To follow the Son of David who had restored His sight. To follow the One, the only One who was able to meet His need. And so what's your need? Kind of swing back around to that. What's your need? What's that thing for which you've been praying? What's that thing for which you've been holding out all hope? What's that thing for which your heart has been longing? That thing for which you have been waiting? That thing that has seemed like it's never going to happen? It's just impossible. That thing that has kept you in a state of despair? That thing that's kept you in a state of desperation? That thing that you've been crying out to God to address? And say Jesus meets that need. Say He answers that prayer.
Then what? Because again, that's the all-important question. I am convinced because I see it all throughout Scripture, and I'm convinced because I've seen it all throughout my own life, and I'm convinced because I've seen it all throughout the lives of others, especially the lives of people of faith, people who, who claim to trust Christ, people who've been given the name Christian, that far, far too often we cry out to God for help, He meets our need, and then we go our way, and our way is not right there alongside the road with Jesus. Our way is to something else. Our way is to where we're comfortable. Our way is to where we feel good about ourselves. Our way is to where everyone is. Our way is to where the party is. Our way is just something else. And if we're not careful, I'm afraid that the Scriptures make very plain that it's possible to find ourselves not following Him at all. The Apostle Paul told us in his letter to the Ephesians that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ask or anything that we could even think. He is able to meet our needs. He's able to meet your needs. He is able to meet the needs of your family. He is able to meet the needs of our church. He is able to meet the needs of the people who live next door to us and live up the road from us. He is able to do all things. Do we cry out to Him enough? That was the question from last week. Do we ask? Do we seek? Do we knock at the door? Do we trust that He's able to meet those needs? And when He does, what is our way? When He does, then what? Do we follow Him? Do we follow Him faithfully? Do we follow Him obediently? Or, do we like so many of us and so many in our community and in our culture, do we simply say, whew, we dodged one there. Shame on us if we call ourselves Christian and we're not found along the road with Jesus. Father, we pray that You would put your finger on that part of our lives where we need to trust you more. Where we need to trust you again. 
where we need to trust you perhaps for the first time. Holy Spirit, would you please move among us? Would you please help us as we respond in song to respond really from the depths of our hearts, to respond well, to respond rightly, to answer today that question, then what? Are we going to follow you? Are we going to be with you? Are we going to obey you and trust you? Or are we going to go back some other way? Lord, help us here and now in this moment together as we sing to trust You completely, to nail down in our lives what will be our faithfulness to You today and tomorrow and the next day. Lord, if that means coming here and making an altar here on the floor, seeking prayer together, Lord, we pray that You would impress on our hearts how we respond. If that means sitting quietly and pouring out our heart to You, we pray that You would help us to respond to You well. If that means standing and singing and lifting our hands and surrender to You, Lord, we pray that You would help us to respond. Help us to trust You. Help us to follow You. In the name of Your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's pray. You may be seated. Father Almighty, Creator and Sustainer of all things, who sent Your only begotten Son to redeem all things, we love You. Help us to surrender ourselves to You and follow Your Son, Jesus. We want to be entirely Yours. You made us for Yourself and You are the only one for whom our hearts desperately Long, You are our joy. You are our peace. You love us unwaveringly, unfailingly, and undeservedly. Your goodness toward us is never wanting and Your mercy is new each morning. Thank You for loving us so passionately and so perfectly. As we gather as Your people this morning and worship You in the name of Jesus, thank You for being with us and for ministering to us by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to know You more fully and we want to trust You more completely. Please help us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, You are always faithful. You are always good. And we love You. Lord, You know those things for which we are thankful. Those blessings that have been brought into our lives. Lord, You know 
what is making us happy. You know those things, those answers to prayer. You know those things that perhaps we haven't even prayed about that you've been so good to bless us with. Lord, we thank you uh, for the men who were able to join us at the, the men's retreat this weekend. We thank you for the great time that we had together. We thank you for the services, for the worship, for all the things uh, that happened in that retreat. And Lord, we pray your blessings on our people as they gather in their churches all throughout uh, these states. We pray that you would be with them, that you would help them. We thank you for John. We pray thanking you for getting him back home to his family safely. We pray for him as he travels up to Indiana today. Keep him safe on the road, we pray. Lord, you know every need that we have. You know those needs that seem bigger than us. You know those needs that seem like just nuisances in our lives. Lord, you know all of our wants and all of our wishes, and we bring them all to you and we lay them at your feet. Lord, we lift up Cheryl to you and we... Uh, we we hate to hear that she's sick. We pray that you would be with her, help her to heal uh, and get well quickly and completely. Lord, we pray um, for David's doctor's appointment coming up on Tuesday that you would help it to go well. Lord, help him to get the news that he needs to hear, even if it's not the news that he wants to hear. Lord, we pray that you would use those physicians, um, that you would that you would be the great physician, that you would lead them and guide them and help them. Lord, we pray for David's knee that you would help it to heal. Whatever means it might take, we pray that you would help it to heal. Lord, we lift up Boyd to you. We thank you for the job interview that he's had recently. We thank you for the encouragement that uh, that was, and we thank you for the encouragement of speaking with former bosses and those that uh, can put in a good a good word for him. We pray that you would open the right door for him. And perhaps, Lord, we... We, we trust that this door might perhaps be the right door. We pray that you would help him. Lord, we lift up our association. We thank you for the passion that you've put in our leaders to multiply churches, to, to plant, to, to, uh, to raise up new leaders, um, to send planters out into the field to, to bring in a harvest. And Lord, we pray that you would prepare the souls uh, of the people in our communities. We pray that you would help our churches to be stronger and healthier more vibrant and more filled with life. Lord, move among us, we pray. Almighty God, Your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Please help us as Your people, illumined by Your Word and sacraments, to shine with the radiance of Christ's glory so that He may be known, He may be worshipped, and He may be obeyed to the ends of the earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. As our ushers come forward to take up the Lord's tithes and our offerings, please make sure that you've got your communication card filled out. I want to know how to be praying for you this week, and so please help me. The word of our Lord from the epistle of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.
join the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.